Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I'm your host, Misha Globerman. Uh, Trampoline Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar, uh, usually in Toronto, but sometimes in other cities. People speak on all kinds of subjects, with the one rule being that they cannot speak on subjects on which they are uh, professionally expert. Uh, after each lecture, we take questions from the audience, and the Q&A often goes on longer than the lecture itself. Um, over the next few episodes, I'll tell you a bit more about the live show, so you can have a sense sort of how the live show is different uh, from the podcast uh, that, you're, that you're enjoying. Um, one big difference is that to, to hear the podcast, all you do is you just like, I don't know, you, you pick up your podcaster and press the podcast button and the podcast comes up through your podcasters or whatever. And, and, and that's it. It's very easy. Uh, the show is not so easy. There, there's a uh, um, rigmarole, I guess. You have to go out and you have to actually buy tickets at a store. And uh, this is because we've been doing the show. We started the show in 2001 when that was kind of normal and people didn't sell online tickets for stuff like this. So you have, you have to go to the store and you have to buy tickets. Um, the tickets actually uh, usually sell out like the day they go on sale. Um, so that's an extra hassle. Uh, they, they, they are, in fact, only $5, though, which is which is uh, great or terrible, depending on your perspective. Anyway, so you take your ticket and then you come to a bar where you see the show. Uh, for a long time, the, that bar was the Cameron House in Toronto. Then it moved to a place called Sneaky D's, which is, a, I, I think, charmingly a restaurant with the word sneaky in its name. It, it's kind of like a grimy rock club. Then more recently, we moved to the Garrison, which is a uh, slightly less grimy rock club. And you, you come to the club, you hang out, you have a drink, and then an actual uh, human being gets on stage and, and gives the lecture. And I think a lot of the show is about the interaction with that person. Here's one more difference uh, between the live show and the podcast. Um, in the live show, I don't have to warn people uh, that there might be swear words. But in a podcast, apparently I do, according to my podcast overlords. Uh, so here I am, one adult telling you, another adult in the 21st century, that there might be some swearing ahead. Today's lecture is entitled Stay the Same, Never Change. And the lecturer is John Davies. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Misha. Uh, when I was on a plane recently, I reflected on the fact that I always try to avoid getting up to use the washroom, even if the flight lasts for several hours, like up to 14 hours. Um, partly it's because I try to sit by the window and I don't want to bother the people sitting next to me or engage with them in any way. Um, but mostly it's because I'm such a sedentary person that I don't like to move from the position I'm currently in. Um, I spent much of the five-hour flight trying to remember the word for being in a state of perfect harmony with one's environment. Uh, and Wikipedia says, homeostasis, 
the property of a system in which variables are regulated so that internal conditions remain stable and relatively constant. It is a process that maintains the stability of the human body's internal environment in response to changes in external conditions. On that plane, I imagine my body becoming one with the ecosystem, the recycled air and the carefully controlled pressure. I could almost convince myself that my body had no needs of its own. I was just fine, thanks. I take way too much pride in adapting to my surroundings and often picture myself dissolving into a fine mist and just dispersing into the atmosphere. Uh, I'm... <laughs> this is going, going over better than anticipated. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm known as being very productive and prolific. I, I work uh, a full-time Monday to Friday job at a contemporary art museum in the suburbs. Uh, when I get home, I work more on various other projects as well as seeing friends and going to movies and art exhibitions. Then I get about seven hours of sleep and start all over again. But physically, I'm profoundly lazy. Uh, I just want to stay put. And then once I'm in motion, I just want to get where I'm going as swiftly as possible uh, without unnecessary eye contact or chit-chat with my fellow man. Um, I languish with thirst at the office, uh, too lethargic to get up and fill a bottle with water, uh, let alone prepare a nutritious meal for myself. Um, instead of going to a gym uh, to be surrounded by strangers, uh, not to mention negotiating the nightmare of a men's change room, uh, I go to a guy's apartment once a week, and, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this particular guy uh, supervises me as I execute a torturous routine of crunches, extensions, squats, and rows, things I would never perform in a million years if I did not have a gun pointed to my head. I also never have danced and never dance now. Um, so I asked myself, why is moving around such a burden? Um, uh, why embrace a sedentary lifestyle to such a perverse degree? Um, I realized that it probably has some connection to my lifelong uh, sense of social anxiety. Uh, I like to be in complete control of my environment. Uh, I can't really feel comfortable or at rest if I feel exposed to other people's scrutiny or simply their gazes. Um, to be visible is to be judged, and uh, the more one moves, the more visible one is. It's basic optics. Um, uh, believing oneself to be a constant focus of attention is, of course, the height of narcissism, um, but this self-awareness is little to take the edge off. My strategy for avoiding bullying in high school was self-erasure. All my energies went into planning how to navigate the school from one period to the next where I sat or stood, who with, and when, in order to avoid aggressive males. I've always preferred nature, reading, TV, and movies to sports and games with other kids, and I identified as a couch potato, perhaps the result of an early junk food addicted babysitter who set me on my path to sloth. <laughs> like me, my mother is very shy with a perpetually embarrassed look on her face, uh, while my father gracefully takes up and conquers space like some kind of cheetah. Um, Needless to say, they're no longer together, and um, it's now hard to imagine any other arrangement. And yes, in case you were wondering, I am an only child. Um, of course, all my efforts at camouflage year after year eventually took their toll, 
So I cultivated a precocious, weird personality to stand out at school. Uh, at our grade six graduation, when we had to say what we wanted to be when we grew up, I declared coroner. Um, by the end of high school, all those bottled up feelings of wanting attention, being visible in public, exploded as I began dyeing my hair rainbow colors and dressing like a suburban goth punk raver hybrid. I, I understood what it meant to be a secret Leo. Uh, not the typical Leo who seeks out being center stage, but the one who sublimates their ambition, creativity, and flair through other outlets. The placid surface with hidden depths. Even my seemingly outgoing pursuits now, like going to drag nights and singing karaoke, receive the shrinking violet treatment. My drag persona, Misty, is a melancholic wallflower. And when I sing karaoke... <laughs> uh, and when I sing karaoke, I never dance, sway, or otherwise move this old bag of bones around. Um, instead, I believe it's all about the purity of the disembodied voice. Um, I feel like self-concealment and self-exposure are inextricably linked. The desire to hide or disappear fuels a yearning to be recognized and acknowledged and inspires a tight control over one's image and self-presentation. I stand before you in a colorful ensemble, but I assure you, <laughs> but I assure you that I would rather be invisible or a fly on the wall observing everything that is happening around me. I thrive behind the scenes, watching and analyzing. When my ex and I try to domesticate a feral cat, I completely understood her desire to be in the same room as us, but at a distance. Not a participant, but proximate. In my late teens and early 20s, I spent most of my time with political radicals and activists, and I learned that taking up space was a very bad thing. I pride myself, in fact, on taking up as little space as I can. I pack light. Other than aggressive males, my biggest fear is being in the way, which was the topic of one of my favorite trampoline hall lectures, incidentally. When I met my loud Jewish ex in 1999, he was like an alien from another planet. It never entered my mind that broadcasting one's personality and sucking up all the air in the room could be admirable. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, but I understood that he was in some way more free than I was the wasp in the background. His survival of the loudest theory of social life did not seem so logical to me, and it did bring me out of my shell. I realized then that I'd always, been drawn, uh, I'd always drawn performative and theatrical people into my social circle, uh, actors essentially, even though I would probably have claimed that I found their constant need for attention anathema to me. Uh, in fact, I'm an ideal audience. I do spend way too much time licking my wounds when close friendships evolve and grow apart. Uh, I don't want to move on. Loyalty, the stable presence of another in the face of change is paramount for me. Uh, the relationship with the loud one ended in early 2013 after over 13 years of being together. Uh, that came with the realization I'd always been trying to temper or neutralize his big personality and cut him down to size. Partly it felt like a challenge to match him and partly it was just a way of having myself be heard. I realized that I'd spent an inordinate amount of time trying to get him to quiet down. You can't control people, it turns out. When I was nine, I was taken by my parents to a shrink at the Montreal Children's Hospital due to some crippling phobias, primarily thunderstorms, but also fireworks, explosions, and the like. <laughs> Loud things that take up space, basically. <laughs> um, uh, here are some notes from the doctor's uh, initial assessment. This would have been uh, 1990. Uh, John is very cautious in every activity he undertakes. John has always been a very sensitive child who does not like to make waves. He was always a very quiet and easygoing child. 
Parents state that John has never been aggressive, always staying away from normal aggression. John's degree of reliability is way beyond his years. When asked who John is most like, father and mother both agree that he is more like his mother. John prefers to perform at his own level and not in group activities. Father stated that it doesn't seem to bother John that he is on the sidelines, says that John does not have much stamina. <laughs> John enjoys the piano, likes to listen to music, and is artistically inclined. He is a solitary child, and if given a choice, he prefers to stay home. Conclusion, John is an overly compliant nine-year-old whose socialization skills are delayed due to his lack of participation in peer groups. He is afraid to try himself out and be more spontaneous. He tries to avoid any confrontations. Uh, I'm 33 now, and I can confidently say that very little has changed. Um, even if friends who have observed me over the last 10 to 15 years tell you otherwise. Uh, I take way too much joy in crossing items off a to-do list and scheduling every moment of my life. Uh, simply being out in the world day-to-day -day continues to be an embarrassing experience. Um, walking into a crowded room alone, especially at parties or bars, is the worst, as you have no idea what you'll encounter other than a lot of people, or as I prefer to call them, variables. <laughs> um, um, potential micro-humiliations lurk at every turn. Uh, I like to manage the variables, obviously, and spend time with people one-on-one -on -one or in small groups, minimizing the chances of anything unexpected. Stasis allows for maximum control, while change is by definition unpredictable. So getting up and moving around means not only going from invisible to visible, but opening oneself up to risk, contingency, and uncertainty. I prefer to say just nice and safe right where I am. Thank you very much. John Davies, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Trampling Hall Podcast. I'm Nisha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, are there are there any questions? Uh, yes, yes, over there. Yes. Uh, when you make a decision like performing tonight, is it because you expect to find a sense of relief when things have gone well and not working? Right. So yeah, why are you here? Why are you doing this? <laughs> is it for is it for a sense of relief or something else? Um, I've been invited uh, a number of times over uh, the years by uh, Kelly and have always turned him down and wanted to just say yes and. Uh, finally just take the plunge and stop, stop dangling it. <laughs> are, you, um, 
It might be too early to tell, but do you regret that decision? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I just sweated through all my clothes, though. <laughs> I should have brought a change. All right, so why did you do this? Because Kelly is persistent. Yes. Yes, you may. What's your favorite karaoke song? What is your favorite karaoke song? <laughs> Great question. Um, <laughs> uh, number one would probably be uh, I Don't Know How to Love Him from the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> People are not just funny, people are actually nodding. People are like, yes. People are all like, yes, you answered that correctly. Um, all the way in the back, yes. Did you ever dance with the loud one? Did you ever dance with, the, with this loud, mysterious... No, person? he was a very good dancer, so I enjoyed watching him dance from the sidelines. <laughs> all right. uh, yes, you, ma'am. What is your exact birth date? What is your exact birth date? You've told uh, us your age and your astrological <laughs> sign, but not the actual birth date. Uh, it's August 6, 1980, which is the uh, same as Andy Warhol. And uh, I think the first use of the electric chair and Hiroshima. Obviously and, not all in 1980. Yeah. No, okay. no, 1980. The first 6, use of the electric chair, Hiroshima, Andy Warhol's birthday, yeah. all August 6, not yeah. 1980. Why did you ask? Are you just like... I'm just wondering, you're Leo... What was the sign of the loud one? What was the sign of this other person? Another good question. Um, Taurus. Uh, everyone, everyone who knows what that means is nodding, and I'm like... <laughs> yes, uh, you, sir, yes. Have you dealt with aggressive females? I think I much prefer aggressive females. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't... Huh, that's, I never would have even formulated it that way. I don't know. There's just something about like male machismo that I just find like gets my back up and like right. run but for if, cover. But if like if you were say in school and like a a, a girl bullied you, you just to be like, yeah. I guess it just didn't happen. Didn't happen. Okay, yeah. right. I guess Most that. of my friends were girls. So. Right. Okay. All right. So there you go. So no, there just doesn't. It's just not out there. In this. Okay. Yes, you sir. Yes. You don't like to spend a lot of energy, and you lick your wounds when friends move away. You've been with the loud one for thirteen years. How do you decide which variables to turn into constants? How do you decide which variables to oh, turn wow. into constants? Comes the... Wow. Wow. Okay. Nice question. I feel like I need to map out my entire life yeah. now, according to that, on a XY graph. <laughs> um, huh. Oh. I don't know. I think when it comes to kind of life decisions, I do... I have a certain restlessness in terms of, I guess, like ambition or like looking at what else is, is out there and kind of what the options are that would bring me the most happiness. And so um, as long as it doesn't require too much physical activity, I think that I would right. make good changes. Yeah. Are you okay with changes in other ways, like in changes that aren't physical? Like can you, um, I don't know, like change stuff quickly in your work or stuff like that? Like is that... As long as, you, as long as you can just stay in your chair and be at your computer, yeah. is it okay? Or is it just... Um, I like to know what my day will look like in terms of, like, mapping all the work right, So you definitely yeah. want to know things. Like when you asked the question about variables and constants, were you asking specifically about people? Or were you just, like, was that your thought? Or? I was thinking more people. So people, like, how do you choose what people become the permanent people in your life, kind of? I mean, we're a lot of variables right now. So there's a lot of us here, but we're getting closer. Already this Q&A has been going on for a while. So, so you're wondering, like, oh, like, how, how do you choose, like, who become the more permanent people in your life? Yeah, is that okay? Uh, I think the same the same uh, factors that other people would consider in terms of having a connection with people and whether it what do you think? seems like it has potential in the future. And what do you do? You have a, like? Can you elaborate? What do you think? What do you, like? <laughs> so just like, well, what gives you the sense of that of that potential or of that connection? Like, do you have a? 
I feel like maybe a shared sensibility. That's how I would like narrow it down. Right, right, right. Yeah. Although in this case, so, so despite this complete op opposition in personality that you described, mm. you think there was a shared sensibility? Because it's somebody, what you described was someone who is the opposite of you. Right. I think that it was more that uh, his um, kind of way of being in the world and navigating the world was the opposite of me. But then there was a lot of shared uh, sensibility and like, uh, I guess, references or like, um, interests and things like that. I see. Okay, yeah. all right, very good. So there you go. It, it, it's true, the same way other people do is what it comes down to. <laughs> it's always the best answer. I thought that he'd be like, like other people do, and then he'd list some things that were like totally not what other people did at all, and we'd learn so much. But Astrology. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so you are off on the shelf over there. Yes, please. John, uh, I've, ne I've never known for you to dance, uh, and it's interesting to hear why you don't dance. And so I guess my question is, uh, do you consider yourself a good dancer? I, if you ever were to dance on your own and nobody's looking at home, do you do nice moves? Like, are you a good dancer? Are you a good dancer? Despite the fact that you never dance, if and when you do dance, are you good? Is that your question? That's an awesome question. Thank you. Yeah, good, good question. Um, I, I mean, as the, the, the psychologist said, I, I am very musical. Uh, so I, I feel like... Um, <laughs> I feel like the rhythm is there somewhere, but um, but I feel like it's so deeply buried under like self-consciousness. Like it's it's meta to like the nth degree. Like that, I think even alone, like I would be like policing myself. Like have you ever like have you ever danced at all? Like do you ever dance alone ever? Or like have you never danced? You must have danced. I have actually never danced as far as I can remember. Yeah. You have never danced. Yeah, you have I never guess. experienced this. Yeah. The basic like you've yeah. never even just like alone. Yeah. You're, like I actually have like a this might be a tangent, but I have a kind of a root trauma that I think might be responsible Ooh. for that, which is when I was like five, I was sent away to this day camp and uh, we had to like uh, do a routine from Greece, um, like a group which of one? us. Which, which routine? And, um, uh, it was Greece Lightning. Greece Lightning, okay, yeah. that's what I was guessing. Yeah. And uh, we actually had to like get up in front of like a public and um, and they like uh, greased back all our hair and like put makeup on us and I like completely flipped out and broke down <laughs> weeping and I think that was it I think it just it was never gonna happen after that oh yeah horrible. yeah wow and because of that because of that you have never you've never danced you've never I mean, not. I don't think of that every time I choose not to dance, but I feel like that's the root trauma. And so, still yeah. to answer the question, but and, and you don't think you'd be. All right, you answer the question. You don't think you'd, when you when you start answering that question, you were like, as the psychologist mentioned in his report on me, <laughs> you don't you don't bring that up in lots of situations. No, like, that's not. A... No, I I uh, when I was a student, I would like uh, I made I mostly write and curate uh, art and film. Now and but before I used to like try to make video art when I was in in like undergrad, and uh, and I actually like went to the hospital and gathered all my records. I was gonna ask. Uh, it, with the hopes of doing some kind of project with it, but I feel like it found its proper home here today. So. <laughs> well, so a, how, and how did you find it? <laughs> I think that's right. How did you find it? Did you just go and like? Is it like a policy that you can like make a? I like, think enough um, time had passed by. Uh, I think it's like 10 years or something like that. Had whoa, that's by. crazy. That's yeah. amazing. It's, there's some dark stuff in there. Like it was, um, well, the not dark thing was that the, uh, the psychologist talked about the lonely sessions with me where I would just like play with plasticine and like right. make this elaborate little world. 
and he would like try to relate with to me and I was like having none of it. <laughs> like I was just like, I'm trying to work here. I don't know who you are. You have a German accent. You are scary looking. It's not, um, it's, so it yeah. sounds so it's like lonely for him, really. Yeah, yeah. He was very he really uh, exposed himself in these notes. He was like they're made for some very lonely sessions, is Whoa. what he said. Yeah. Whoa, oh my God. Yeah, so I love that, that I had that effect on people. Like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> like, it feels as very like empowering. A boy, as yeah. a boy, you can make a grown man feel lonely <laughs> yeah. and excluded. He was being paid. Like, he should have just brought a book or something. <laughs> I, like, that's. Anyway. I guess the, the dark thing, just to go there, is because I mentioned it, is that um, there were. It, I went back for like a repeat visit after like it didn't work the first time around, mm-hmm. and they were like, it's worse. We should maybe consider institutionalizing him, like in a ward at the hospital, to like reestablish his like normal routines. And I was like, okay, I don't, you know, maybe I was out of it back then when I was nine. But I feel like that. I don't really understand how that would have had any positive effect at all. Wait, we were going to institutionalize <laughs> you because you were afraid of lightning and didn't and, and wanted to play I with plasticine. Like well, that seems insane. Here's where it all ties together into a nice little bow. Is that? Um, <laughs> is that they thought that the fears were my way of controlling my parents. So, like, the control freak was there in that nine-year-old. Like, and then the fears were all about control. And so what? they were like, okay, we need, to, we need blank slate. Like, get, get him in the hospital. And they were like, no way. So th- yeah. thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Excellent. Um, uh, yes, over here, yes. Would you ever consider dancing in the future or playing DDR with a game controller? Would you ever play, consider dancing in the future or just playing Dance Dance Revolution, but just with a hand controller? Yeah. That's a weird... Okay, let's take those one at a time. Let's do the easy one first. Would you ever play a video game where you control, where you danced on screen yes. by doing this? Yeah, I would yes. do that, yeah. Because that would be crazy, if no. And then would you ever... Do you think you ever might dance in the future in some time? I feel like I'd need a complete lobotomy. Like, I would just, like... I just need, like, blank slate, like, just, put, like, toss away all the, like, levels of self-consciousness. It's weird that you just proposed the exact same solution <laughs> that your childhood psychologist... Pro- Mine is like, more <laughs> radical. It's just, like, it put me in an institution I and, like, take really out my existing love. personality, give me a new one, and then, then... If you were asking him to dance, that's your answer. Uh, yes, gentleman right behind you, yes. I need to know, is there anything different about Misty than yourself? Oh. Is there anything different about Misty, your, 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 your reluctant wallflower drag character? Is Misty um, different from you in any way? Because Misty sounds just like you. Yeah, mis- no, no, there's no, yeah, there, there's absolutely no difference, yeah. I mean, other, <laughs> other than, like, being in drag. It's just you but, in the dress. Yeah, even then, it, there's often not even a wig or makeup. It's just really, like, at the, it's just the outfit just and like, the contacts. Uh, that's what like, makes uh, it Misty, Misty yeah. Right, because you're not... <laughs> That's awesome. So you basically found a way to go to a party and not talk to anyone and have that be like, you're fitting in with the party theme. Well, I I mean, yeah, this particular party, which actually happens here now, Hot Nuts, um, amazing. Uh, I mean, a lot of my friends go. So there's like a warm bosom to like be in and to see people. But yeah, there isn't a lot of uh, interaction with strangers. Okay, good. Uh, Yes, back there. Yes, you know. How did you discover Misty? How did you discover Misty? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I I think I've always been interested in drag. I think, like, part of the, like, an aspect of not really feeling embodied or, like, having a weird relationship with my body is, like, is, uh, there's always been, like, a gendered aspect to that. So I, like, thought I might be um, trans or genderqueer for, like, a number of years. And it's, like, 
I just, um, I couldn't imagine being a boy, but I couldn't really imagine growing up to be a man. Uh, that was weird. And uh, so I feel like the drag has always been there since I was that teenager who wanted to be weird. Uh, the drag was always there, but it got kind of more... Well, actually, sorry, I'm blabbering on. Um, taking up space here. <laughs> sorry. sorry about that. Um, well, <laughs> when I was like... 18, I was actually taking uh, public transit from the suburbs of Montreal to, like an hour to downtown to go to school uh, in drag, like not uh, trying to pass, but just like that, that goth teen raver, yeah. uh, you know, inflatable backpack kind of like uh, micro skirts, tights, you know, I have pictures. Um, and, uh, and then I think for a while I was afraid of doing that. I, obviously there was, you know, the threat of aggressive males. And, uh, but it all just wanted to come out, so I did it for quite a while because uh, I just needed to get this kind of suburbs out of me. And uh, then I kind of, you know, put it, put it away. And then uh, in the last, like, in the time I've been in Toronto, it's de- in Toronto, it's definitely come out more. And, yeah, before, before Hot Nuts was Vaseline. And, yeah, there's right. warm, so there warm bosom. There you go, because of the suburbs and Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything else? Anything? Any other? I saw a lot of hands. Oh, oh yes, over here. Someone pointing at you. Yes. So I assume that you didn't know that there were such things as uncomfortable silences with people. So if I'm right, how did you find out that such wait, thing existed? Wait, wait, wait. How did he find out that uncomfortable silences exist? Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird question. What, what? That's an interesting question, but okay, I'm going to take that two parts, because first you said, I assume that you didn't know that uncomfortable silences exist. So do you, do you know that? Did, did, you know, did you always know that uncomfortable silences exist? I'm trying to think of a good moment or story where I discovered uncomfortable silences, but um, I don't know. That phenomenon doesn't really jump out as something uh, kind of defining for me. What, make, what, what, what makes you ask? I'm curious what makes you ask that. It's, such a, it's an intriguing question, but it, because, it baffles because, me a little. Uh, because I don't know that. Like, I mean, I, 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 you don't know that a comfortable like, science is it, but you just refer to them, my friend. No, 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 there was a moment where I... Oh, you remember not knowing? I, 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 I don't feel them. Oh, you don't perceive them. So, you, so you'll be talking to someone, you ask them a question, things are just quiet, and you're like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, cool, our conversation takes a little rest. But then you learn that other people find that uncomfortable. And then you wonder whether John had that same experience that you had because you feel a kinship or whatever. Do you remember that? Is, there, is that true for you or did um, you always know? That? I feel like I can gra- grab something <laughs> to talk about here. Like I, um, I feel like maybe drawing more performative theatrical people to me is kind of like the way of there always being somebody to kind of be taking up space if I don't have to. So it's, um, you know, sometimes it goes a bit out of control sometimes, but sometimes it's like the perfect, striking the perfect balance, I guess. Do you find silences uncomfortable? Like in conversations, if there's silence in a conversation, do you find that uncomfortable or are you just like cool with that? Um, I definitely don't like, I'm not desperate to fill them. Right. Yeah. All right, okay, yes, you. <laughs> it seems to be a big part of your life. What's the most work you've ever put into not moving or not being noticed? What's the most work you've ever put into not moving or not being noticed? I feel like in high school it was really, really, really regimented and like very, I mean, it got to the point where I was basically always skipping gym class by like grade 11 just to like never have to be in that situation. So I guess skipping, where you would have to skipping move, where you school. Where you have to move to me? Like so just not being near school because they'd make you go to gym class and you would yeah, have to move? Yeah, or to answer the like not be noticed part. Right, because be, people might see you 
accurate yeah. move. No, gym class is just like a total nightmare. But right, yeah, right, right. even though my father's a gym teacher, so they... <laughs> yeah. Make what you will of that. Yeah. Yeah, make what you will of it. Make what you will of it. Make what you will of it now. Um, uh, uh, yes, 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 sir. So I will make something with that, John. Uh, <laughs> I have a good authority that that man can work out in front of uh, thinks you're the most athletically gifted of us all. Yeah. So apparently, the person you work for, the person you work out with, says you're both the most athletically gifted person. Yeah, I think he may have just um, said that to breed uh, jealousy and competition between us, because it's like kind of a like a social circle that all go to this one person. Um, but uh, my father, in addition to being a gym teacher, is uh, Australian, so I feel like I, in that that blood is kind of coursing through me. So it's the Australian so. blood that makes you the mighty athlete yeah. that we see before us? Yeah, that's what I, that seems right to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, yeah, you say They yeah. don't even wear shoes there. <laughs> Over there, yes. So what were the circumstances when you started to see this personal trainer? How did you start seeing this trainer? Uh, well, the breakup. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I knew I had to do something. Like, I, I, um, I should say I do bike everywhere, but for me, that's a way of just having a direct route, not having to interact with anybody. All that efficiency, you just know exactly what you're getting into. Whereas the TTC is like the complete last resort for me. Like if you're bleeding profusely and there's no cab, <laughs> I have to go to the hospital, then you take the TTC. But there's really, you should never, ever take it if you can avoid it. I, I think I'd like to end on that good piece of advice. <laughs> that's what's happening out there. Ladies and gentlemen, John Davies, ladies and gentlemen. Trampoline Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Kelly Jenkins. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Trampoline Hall is a sumo audio podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You know, Sumo Audio has another podcast about chips. It's called JustChips.com. That's the chips you eat, not the chips in your computer. Check it out. I'm Misha Gloverman. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.